You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Monday Playoff Edition. We saw that super wild card weekend play out six games, three games Saturday, three games Sunday. Who's advancing into the next round? And how did they get there? This podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on, and you will get 20% off your next order. At BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me. At Williamson NFL is where you can find Matt Williamson. Matt, I want to go first to the one that's locked into my memory the clearest the last game on the schedule so we'll do this out of order because uh you know the Steelers better than anybody you cover this team and I want to start here because I was blown away by what I by what I saw in this game not only how it started which was very bad for the Steelers from the first snap of the game going down 28 nothing in the first quarter but with everything that was going on there with COVID and no head coach on the field and a different play caller and backup offensive lineman in there. Alex Van Pelt was calling plays for a team he hadn't called plays for and for players, some players on that roster he had literally never met, which blows me away. And the Steelers defense wasn't able to take advantage of that. That's the part that I did not understand. And I have to imagine some fans around Pittsburgh are quite disappointed when they woke up this morning. Oh, very. And Kudos to the Browns. I mean, I think Stefanski not being there made me want to vote for him as coach of the year even more, you know, because he had his whole crew extremely prepared. And obviously a lot of that came throughout the week. And then once the game started, the Browns offensive line was very dominant and it's probably the best line in the league. And it showed it last night, but, and this doesn't sound like I'm taking something away from the Browns and I'm defending the Steelers. I'm not. The Browns were clearly the better team. They were better prepared. They executed better. But the Steelers handed them this game. I mean, there's a lot of games that are lost in the NFL rather than won. And clearly the Browns were better. They won the game. But the Steelers handed it to them on a silver platter. And that's, to me, what you, know, what you were saying about not being able to take advantage of things. And this is really good in-game coaching because as well as Stefanski could have prepared the Browns, I'm sure he didn't th- say, well, we'll probably be leading 28 nothing after the first quarter. You know, like <laughs> I, I doubt they had that, that one in their back pocket. And then they just played very conservative. I mean, I'm sure once it got to that point with a lot of football left, just don't lose it, guys. Baker, don't put it in harm's way. We're not going to be super aggressive. This team is handing us gift after gift. We're going to take it and embrace it and say thank you and Boy, I couldn't – I mean, we've seen this a lot from the Steelers over the last two months that they played very, very poorly, including the defense. I thought the defense was as bad as the offense. And you lose the turnover battle minus five. You're not going to do anything. Right, yeah, that minus five, that's the big number there. And yeah. Baker Mayfield not needing to do too much, but the big zero under interceptions is is what's yep. key there with his three touchdown passes. And Ben Roethlisberger's line, I can't remember seeing a line like this in the NFL for a while. This is a college football line. Uh, this is a Texas Tech line, right? Uh, ben Roethlisberger, 47, 47 of 68 attempts, <laughs> right. 501 yards, four touchdowns, four interceptions. And, and some of those are like, you're just throwing it to the linebacker who's sitting there in his zone. What are you doing? No, they were horrible. I mean, he's had a lot of tip balls this year, and that was a part of the problem. But that fourth interception, 
linebacker drops into a basic, you know, hook zone and Ben hits him right square in the face mask. And, and he missed a lot of open throws early in this game too. And I mean, he made some throws to his credit. I mean, you don't get to 501 yards and four touchdowns by not doing some good things, but he looks old and beat up and the line is not helping him much. And I mean, man, I mean, they got out coached, they got outplayed and they just handed this one to the Browns and, Kudos to the Browns. They took it and said thanks and just stomped on the Steelers. And there's a lot to look ahead to when it comes to the Steelers and questions about quarterback and Ben Roethlisberger looking very aged and old this season. But you don't want to get into that on today's show, but that will be in future episodes. Just want to sure. throw that out there and tease that a little bit. And we'll be fixing the quarterback situation specifically with every team in the NFL if they need it. And with the Cleveland Browns going forward, did anything you saw in this game change how you feel about the Browns in these playoffs? They're going to be facing, speaking of Texas Tech, they're going to be facing ex-Texas Tech quarterback Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs next week. Not that they didn't run the ball well, because they did, but uh, it, it, it blows me away that the Browns scored 48 points and only ran for 127 yards on 31 carries. Like, that wouldn't have been the script I would have bet, is all I'm saying there. And again, I'm not giving, I'm not trying to get, you know, bash the Browns because they beat my team. Their secondary stinks. Their back seven is a real problem. I mean, Steeler receivers were open the entire time. And I'm just sitting there thinking at the end of the game going, what's Mahomes and Tyreek and Kelsey going to do to this group? Well, that's a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's only um, get and, worse. and we've already talked about how the Kansas City Chiefs are uh, a team on offense that is matchup proof. So even if they did have a good secondary, but if you are going to have people open back there, uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to find him. So we'll preview that game oh, yeah. coming up next week, but it definitely gets extremely more difficult for the Cleveland Browns in the divisional round of the playoffs. Some really good matchups uh, next week. I, I want to talk about another team where the run game is the one that surprised me, and this was the Titans. Rave. By the way, I never even said the final score. I'm sure everyone out there already knows it. 48 points the Browns put up. 48-37 was the Browns-Steelers final with the Browns advancing to the divisional round. Uh, looking at this Ravens-Titans game, Ravens came back to beat the Titans 20-13, to 13, which I would have bet uh, the house that didn't happen after the Titans jumped out to a 10 nothing lead in the first quarter because they had the trump card. They had ex This is exactly how it should have gone for the Titans Sunday. They jump out to a two-score lead, and guess what? You have 2,000-yard running back, the 250-pounder in Derrick Henry, who, what, rushed for how many yards in this game? 40 yards on 18 carries? Like, that's not the line I expected. I expected the 40 number to be how many carries he had after they jumped out to a 10-0 lead. But the Ravens sold out against the run, and the Titans couldn't do anything else, and, and that was it. They scored a field goal in the fourth quarter after jumping out 10-0, and Lamar Jackson made enough plays. They came back to win it 20-13. to This That was a wild one. It really was. I mean, it was... Uh, I don't have a lot more to add than what you said. I mean... Tennessee fans, if I told you, boy, I, you guys got a 10-point lead after the first quarter, I mean, I'm ready to put the mortgage down that Henry runs for 150 and the Titans control the clock and all's well in Tennessee. They win this game. I give the Ravens credit, though. They didn't get, uh, kind of unlike last year's playoff game, they didn't get out of what they do well. Lamar ran the ball really well. They almost ran for 200 more yards than Tennessee. And Lamar's making plays with his arm as well. And uh, Tennessee didn't get quite as much out of their passing game as I expected. 
But I kind of feel like the Ravens' defense was the star of the show here. I mean, a lot of, like you said, taking away the run, selling out against the run. But their corners are pretty darn good, and you can leave mm-hmm. them on islands. And, yeah, A.J. Brown made plays against Marlon Humphrey, but that's a heavyweight battle. I mean, that's a good fight. And I'm not sure when Corey Davis left this game or if he wasn't 100% the whole time, but he was missed. And I know at the end he was out, but he did nothing in this game. Yeah, he only had two targets, no catches on the game, and the the Baltimore secondary was asked to do a lot with so many resources up front going towards Derrick Henry, and they were up to the challenge. That's a great point by you. And Lamar Jackson, this isn't the the way you want it to look necessarily with him only throwing for 179 yards and uh, no touchdowns, one interception, and I really loved the game plan for the Titans, but Lamar was able to beat him with his legs still. And yeah, you mentioned it, 236 rushing yards, for the Ravens, 136 of those on 16 carries from Lamar Jackson. I mean, 16 for 131, that's running back usage uh, and the touchdown and, and the really big touchdown run. And uh, that Titans scheme I loved at first, and we kind of talked about it, and we were pretty much right about it. They they were sort of blitzing with speed and some DBs off the edge, but mostly they were really trying to play as much contain as they could and put some players uh, in the secondary in coverage, and eventually Lamar figured it out, and it wasn't with his arm, it was with his legs. And, and, and once he figured that out, and once uh, the Baltimore defense was able to limit Derrick Henry, cover guys in the back end, uh, that was pretty much it. And they, they got that figured out in the second quarter and opened it up in the in the second half of the game and won it. So, uh, yeah, great game by the Baltimore Ravens. Loved the plan going in by the Titans, but Lamar just is a, a different kind of a dude. And I guess yeah. uh, eventually if he decides, you know what, I'm going to run like crazy, then it's almost impossible to stop. You're right. I mean, he, he's special that way where everything can go wrong. And, uh, you know, the long touchdown he had, I mean, everything went wrong with the play call and he turns what should be a negative play mm-hmm. into, you know, a touchdown. I mean, that's, that's hard to defend no matter who, what the defense is. But one note I want to make, you know, kind of – I did this with the Browns. You know, a, a negative from the winning team is Tennessee's, like, basically the worst pass rushing team in the league and definitely the worst pass rushing team in the playoffs. They sacked Lamar five times, and Buffalo's a much better pass rush. It's not a great one, but uh, that needs cleaned up. I mean, that, that Raven O-line – has been shuffled around and I think they've got things really figured out finally after yonder retires and Stanley got hurt, but they definitely run block way better than they protect. So if they can keep the, 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 and this has always been their formula, but you're playing the bills next week. If you can keep your passing attempts down and still keep up with Allen fine. But if you're dropping back a lot in a traditional manner, I don't trust that protection right now. Uh, that'll be a good one next week. The Ravens oh, advancing, yeah. and they will face the Buffalo Bills. We will talk about that Bills game against the Colts coming up on Peacock and Williams. Looking at some of these early lines coming in at betonline.ag for the divisional round playoff games, there are some big lines. There are some clear favorites in a couple of these games, namely those one seeds that got to sit back and, and relax and and get a little bit healthier and clear their mind last week, earning that first round buy and some other games that I don't know which way they're going to go, but you can get in on the action at Bet Online. Sign up today for a free account, betonline.ag, and use that promo code LOCKED ON for your 50% welcome bonus. College football, the national championship game today. We'll break it down tomorrow here on the podcast. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Promo code locked on to receive 
a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner at betonline underscore AG on Twitter to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use promo code locked on for your sign up bonus. Betonline.ag. Well, we mentioned the Bills. Let's get into that one. The Buffalo Bills beating the Colts 27 24. The Colts made a little comeback in that game and did make it close, but it felt like the Bills were in control of that one the whole way, even though it was only a three-point game. Matt, your thoughts on the Bills and uh, the end of the Colts' run this season? Colts played well. Uh, The Colts moved the ball pretty consistently, and I I don't want to harp on negatives for the winning team because, like you mentioned, I think Bills-Ravens could be a classic, and maybe for the next 10 years they meet in the playoffs with those quarterbacks and how much fun is that going to be? But I'm not sure Buffalo was the better team in this game. You know, the Colts and Frank Reich is getting a lot of heat for some of his coaching decisions. And some of that's Monday morning quarterbacking, you know, or Sunday morning quarterbacking where it didn't work. So you give the guy a hard time, but um, you know, that aside, I thought Indy moved the ball pretty darn consistently and played really well, but, Allen has some of that Lamar qualities, like we mentioned, just specialness. You know, like he makes two or three throws where really no one else outside maybe two or three other quarterbacks can make. And Stefan Diggs steps up huge with 126, 128 yards receiving. But the Bills D didn't contain the the Colts consistently. I mean, this was a, a pretty evenly matched game, in my opinion. I was blown away when they showed that graphic of the 2018 quarterback class and they showed... Uh, the superlatives who had the most stats from from that group and Baker Mayfield had the most touchdown passes but Josh Allen not Lamar Jackson had the most touchdown runs from the 2018 class so far and I I was quite surprised by that and he had a rushing touchdown in this game he's almost uh, Cam Newton like with his ability to uh, score touchdowns in the red zone which really helps that offense and he was slinging around a little bit 324 yards passing two touchdowns so three total touchdowns for him Stephon Diggs doing big things 36 yarder he had uh, one touchdown on six catches and 128 yards so being able to do what they needed to do on offense which is one of the keys in this game but I was impressed by the Colts and and I thought Philip Rivers played really well I think he probably exceeded both of our expectations this year I don't know what the future holds for Philip Rivers but I do got to give him some credit and uh he, he he played some good ball when it counted and it just wasn't quite enough for the Colts yeah a lot a lot I want to talk about there I mean it reminds me of, you know, the, the Allen Jackson class and Mayfield's in that class too. We're, I'm sure that'll be a big narrative this week. Um, I'm, I'm sure on the, on the flip side, the, the Rivers Roethlisberger class will be talked about a lot too. Could both of them be gone next year? I mean, both showed their age. Rivers yeah. was better than Ben actually. A um, couple notes too. I mean, some more negatives from the winner. The Colts had the ball about 10 minutes more than Buffalo and they almost made them pay for that. And the Bills can be like the Chiefs and quick strike you, and they don't need a ton of time in possession. But I'm just thinking with the Ravens coming to town, if the Ravens hold the ball for 35 minutes versus 25 or so for the Bills, I don't think it goes well for Buffalo. And you mentioned Allen's rushing. I think it's interesting. I mean, they don't do this as much during the season because they want to save him and they don't want him to take the pounding because he's so valuable. But they ran for almost 100 yards. Singletary and Moss combined for 10 carries. Allen had 11. 
and a lot of them are by design. You know, they come out in four wide and Dawson knocks and put Allen in the shotgun and he's just the running back, <laughs> you know, instead of handing it off, we still have a run threat and we you have to defend five receivers that are all pretty darn good. And it's not like, you know, if Ben or rivers comes out in that formation, we don't have to defend the run at all, but with Allen, they're going to design runs out of empty. And it's amazing. Uh, in that yeah. matchup next week, both Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson led their team in rushing. The difference is that the Bills aren't good at running the football with their running backs. 21 rushes for only 96 yards in this game, and uh, over half of those were Josh Allen's. The Ravens can run the ball with their running backs, so that's one of the big differences, and that's the one thing that I'm worried about with the Bills. I, I like how their defense responded in the second half of the year. They weren't great defensively early, but I think they've got a lot of pieces, and they can play, and uh, they've got some talent on on all levels of that defense. They can't run the ball. That usually doesn't bode super well for teams in the playoffs. No, it usually doesn't, but I'm also open to the idea that um, times are changing, and you know, a quick ball control offense could really be pay could pay off, but we also didn't get weather in Buffalo. What if we get weather in Buffalo? Rams Seahawks, Matt, 30-20. Rams beating Seattle. This one probably surprised me more than any game on the schedule this week because of, and look, there's a good reason Brandon Staley's getting head coach interviews, right? The way he limited that cool. Seattle Seahawks offense. Um, DK Metcalf had a couple touchdown receptions, but man, 30 to 20, I just didn't see it going this way. And when you're seeing quarterbacks like John Wolford and Taylor Heineke play well in the playoffs, I don't even know what to think anymore because quarterbacks, the most important thing, yet some of these teams are just thrown into backup and they're helping their teams and in in some cases, helping them lead them to victory in a playoff game. What's going on? Yeah. I'm a little proud of myself for this one. I put a couple bucks on the Rams money line when they were, a four and a half point dog right at the kickoff. And I picked them on Friday on, on uh, yeah, Friday. And, and a lot of it's, I just think Seattle's in sort of a bad place and same with Russell Wilson. I don't think he's seen the field really well. I don't think his receivers outside his top two are stepping up. They're not running the ball particularly well, but you mentioned it. I mean, the star of the show here is Staley and his defense even when Aaron Donald went out late in the game and Donald was awesome before that. And Ramsey was, you know, really disruptive with Metcalf. Uh, I just thought this was a bad matchup for Seattle and the Rams defense so well coached and they defend the run with fewer people in the box and Donald helps that they take away the big play. That's just a bad matchup for Seattle. And, you know, you, you mentioned Wolford and, he went out early with a bad, you know, head neck injury. I'm not exactly sure what that would be. And Goff came in, and I thought, man, they're not going to throw the ball at all. Yeah. This guy, if he can't play with a broken thumb, but he made some plays. I mean, I give Goff credit. I mean, he did okay, and I got to think he's going to be in a little better shape next week. But Cam Akers, I mean, Cam Akers looked great for, mm. and he's we've seen that lately from him. Right, and if you're the Seahawks, you don't deserve to go if you know that the backup quarterback's got a broken thumb and you knocked out the the guy who's only made his second start, John Wolford, to start the game, and you know they're going to run the ball, and you know they're going to run it 28 times with Cam Akers, and you can't stop it. And he gets 131 yards on the ground and, and a touchdown. And so Seattle, I mean, in the end, it was um, – I didn't expect the defense to not come up big, but, I mean, I didn't expect the offense to not show up, but the defense is also the big one there. They weren't able to stop Cam Akers, and that was one thing you knew you had to do coming into this game. Yeah, they, there's another team that – 
drastically lost the time of possession battle. Well, obviously wasn't as bad as the Steeler game, but they, you know, didn't create any turnovers and they turned the ball over twice. And this is what the Rams are. I mean, I give McVay credit because he's, his, he's letting his offense take a backseat to the defense. And I don't know if they'll beat Green Bay next week or whatever, but for them to get this far, they have to play basically low-scoring games. I know there was 50 points scored in this game, but, I mean, not high-flying, attacking all over the place, run the ball, win time of possession, create plays on defense. I think this is the best defense in the league. Uh, man, they're the best ones left in the playoffs for sure, the way the way they're playing right now. In the, they're playing over their head as far as what I expected, um, and I think that's the sign of great coaching, right? So Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, one last thing on, on the, this defensive coaching staff, as you mentioned, I think a lot of people look at it like, well, what if you gave a bunch of defensive coaches, Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, who might be the two best defensive players in the league, by the way, and maybe – you know, in contention with TJ Watt and a couple others for defensive player of the year. But all those other nine dudes that most people can't name who they are, they all know their assignment. They play really mistake free. Those two, you know, stir the drink. But this whole defense is not just Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and three dudes just walking up and down the court like me and you. Well, they had Donald and Ramsey last year too, right? And and a really yeah, right. good, like well-respected defensive coordinator and the defense is a lot better this year so something else happened and they lost some talent on that defense and being able to stop the run with a, a lighter box and and yep. a lighter group that's able to cover and still stop the run I think is the biggest key with Brandon Staley's defense so that's probably the questions he's getting in those head coach interviews okay let's move on we've got a Bucks Washington and Bears Saints to finish up today's episode and then we'll start looking ahead to that next round of divisional playoffs coming up on Peacock and Williamson Guys, I don't know if it's the protein. I don't know if it's just knocking back the hunger. But every time I go golfing, I play better on the back nine than the front nine, immediately following eating a Built Bar. And you too can get the benefits of Built Bar at 20% off with promo code Locked On. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, which is a takeoff of the ice cream flavor, but in bar form, cherry barcia, get it? Uh, lemon almond cheesecake, Carrot cake, apple almond crisp to go with their 12 original flavors. My favorites are peanut butter and salted caramel is pretty good too. I like anything pretty much salted caramel and mint brownie. Low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, even good for a keto diet. Feel good about yourself. Have a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Great for the health conscious folks out there that can help your diet lose, maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat that is high in protein. Go to BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on. You'll get 20% off your next order. Promo code locked on for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Taylor Heineke was probably the biggest surprise of the day for me. And this was a game that when I heard that it wasn't going to be Alex Smith, not that I thought that Washington had any chance really in this game at all, but I was thinking, okay, Taylor Heineke is going to go up against Tom Brady and and keep it close. This is a playoff game, right? And obviously the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won this 31-23, but I was impressed by both Washington's defense and Taylor Heineke in this game, who threw for 306 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Very much so. And, and I got a kick out of Tony Dungy, who's you know, the, the color guy for this one. 
just more and more, every time he talk, he'd mention Heineke, his tone would get a little more enthusiastic. Wow. Oh, oh, he's playing a little bit. Wow. That was nice. Oh, you know, like everything <laughs> was, you know, really, wow. I'm impressed with this kid. And then it gets to the end or it gets, you know, late in the game and everyone realizes he's playing phenomenal. It's not a secret. And, you know, it looks like he broke his collarbone. I don't know what exactly happened, but something bad that he probably shouldn't have came back from. Still did. Gutted it out. Maybe this will be the best game of his career. And if so, we know how this league works. He'll be a 10-year backup and be a multimillionaire. And, you know, there'll be enough for him to stick on a roster forever and ever. Maybe there's more there. I, I think a lot of people brushed it off like, uh, you know, they're on their fourth quarterback this year. His name signed, so, sounds something like Heineken. I know nothing about the guy. Nobody pronounces his name right. <laughs> right. But this staff and Norv Turner's son and all that Carolina roots, they brought him here for a reason. They knew him really well from the Carolina times. I mean, they went out of their way to bring him to Washington. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing run there for Washington. I think, um, you know, above expectations there, Cam Sims with – a big game there. Steven Sims, not related, had the touchdown pass, which was a nice little dime from Taylor Heineke in that game. And again, another team where the quarterback led the team in rushing, which uh, worked out okay yeah. for a couple teams, did not work out enough for Washington because uh, the team they were playing was just too good. And, and you could kind of see this one coming. And actually, it ended up nailing that eight-point line. So a lot of people in Vegas mm. probably pushed in this one. Some people might, might have had it eight and a half. But Tom Brady doing Tom Brady things, 381 yards passing. And a couple of touchdown passes. Leonard Fournette looking like he had a little something extra in this game, too, which really bodes well, I think, for Tampa. Yeah, I was going to say that. I thought, I'm not the biggest Fournette fan, but this pickup has worked out pretty well for them. And I thought he looked quite good. I mean, Ronald Jones is in the doghouse again or injured or missed a block or something. Who knows? I mean, he he's, was nowhere to be found. But Brady's playing extremely well. I mean, extremely well. And that's been the case since their Week 13 bye Total control of the offense now, throwing a great deep ball, spreading the ball around to really good receivers. You know, Evans had a nice day. A.B. came up with some plays. Godwin's just as hard to defend as ever. Even Cameron Brake and these guys. I mean, he's uh, Brady's in his groove. And we'll talk, obviously, more in the week, you know, the matchups coming up. But he's, if, if the Rams aren't the best defense in the league, it's the Saints. And that's, you know, who we'll talk about here in a minute, too. And they've had the Bucks number. I mean, I'm curious. I'm real curious how that works out with their third meeting. Impressed by Mike Evans. And if this is a regular yes. season game, he might not even be playing because uh, he was hurt. And uh, you could tell he was still hurt, but gotten it out and played really well. And I uh, loved seeing that. And that Bucks offensive line, man, the rookie. We haven't talked enough about how good Tristan Wirfs has played this year. And yeah. the right guard, Alex Kappa. There's a lot of rushing yards coming off that right side. Kappa, though, with an injury. So he's going to be out, which is a big loss for Tampa going into uh, next week's matchup. Brady Braze, by the way. Uh, Brady versus Breeze. What did I say? Brady versus <laughs> Brady versus Braze. <laughs> Close enough. Brady Love versus Breeze in the second round of the playoffs <laughs> for the first time in the playoffs. So that'll be fun. We've got McVay, oh, Fleur. Yeah. We've got Allen versus Lamar Jackson. So a really fun matchup next week. To get into let's finish up the conversation about these games though which was a blowout and the saints handling their business almost made it look too easy at times against the chicago bears 21-9 and it doesn't look like a blowout just by reading the score off or even going through the stats it doesn't look like a total domination but the bears offense 
couldn't do a thing. I mean, the, the Saints controlled this thing pretty much start to finish. And I think Peyton knew, hey, I mean, we don't have to take a lot of chances that the, our defense has this thing intact. And I'm not killing Trubisky for it. I mean, they're just overmatched. They're, a, say, a borderline playoff team to begin with against one of the deepest rosters and one of the best defenses in the league in their building. I mean, you really run for 48 yards you know, in what was a close game. You could have kept running the ball, you know, 2.5 yards per rush. It's it, – this is probably the one that I have the fewest takeaways from because the better team won basically start to finish. Right, yeah, there's not a lot to take away except the the best team won, and it was clear from the start, and it ended that way, and it started that way, and Saints being Saints, Drew Brees efficient, Taysom Hill getting in there and showing some looks, uh, Alvin Kamara could have gone big if they really needed to, but it was, was, I mean, I love watching Alvin Kamara play. They just really had no answers for anything that was going on there, and Michael Thomas adds a lot because you know there's that yeah. guy who's going to get open, right in Drew Brees' wheelhouse. You need to move the chains. You've got that guy in Michael Thomas who uh, caught five passes for 73 yards and a touchdown. His first touchdown of the year, by the way, they're getting him back at exactly the right time. Yeah, absolutely. And he looks a little bit better, and those high ankle sprains really, really linger. I mentioned the box score doesn't tell you a lot, but there are a couple numbers, I think, that basically sum this thing up. Is The Saints were 11 for 17 on third downs. You know, they That means they ran a lot of third downs and converted a lot of third downs. The Bears were one for 10 on third and 0 for 1 on fourth. And the Bears only had the ball for just two seconds over 21 minutes as opposed to basically 39 minutes of the Saints. And the, the Saints, I mean, it was, they, they, again, Peyton knew they had to stay in control. We don't have to do a lot. Let's just hold the ball. And really the second half was not even competitive. C.J. Gardner-Johnson does what he does. I don't know what. I, they've got to mic him up or something, and it's probably not something wow. that they can really play on anything that's not, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, maybe HBO. They can play whatever is being said by uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, but he gets in guys' heads, and we've seen it multiple times now. and gets uh, Anthony Miller this time to take a swing at him and get tossed from the game, and uh, that secondary is playing at a high level, playing confident. They've got a lot of uh, versatile pieces there, and the Saints' defense really so you get Michael Thomas back, you get your defense playing at a high level at the right time, and Drew Brees is looking healthy, and uh, that's a good recipe. We'll see if it continues against the Buccaneers next week. I can't wait for that one. Yeah, you're, you're right. I think Brees and Thomas are healthier, spryer than I would have guessed. You know, I mean, I think that they look how you really want them to look with a couple games remaining possibly on the slate. So that's encouraging. And we didn't really talk a lot about the Bears, but you know we didn't expect much from them in these playoffs. Good yeah. on them for even getting into the playoffs at 8-8 eight and eight and salvaging that season where it looked like they were going to run out of gas. We'll talk about the future of Mitch Trubisky and free agent Allen Robinson in future episodes here of Peacock and Williamson. But uh, A lot Matt, of quarterback talk coming oh, yeah. up after. Oh, this know, is going to be, there was a lot last year. I think there's going to be a lot of quarterback movement this year. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of good ones in the draft for some teams, so... Uh, looking forward to these matchups. We'll cover all of them later in the week. Rams, Packers, Ravens, Bills. We've got Browns, Chiefs, and Buccaneers at Saints. I can't wait. Matt and I will be back tomorrow with your questions on the two-minute drill and whatever else is going on in the league. We'll have you covered here at BD Peacock. Tag me, tag Matt, at Williamson NFL. We'll send out a tweet for you to respond to as well to get involved in tomorrow's two-minute drill mailbag episode.
and not just playoff, but off-season topics for those teams not in the tourney. Right here, Peacock and Williamson.